to Independence Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. They pull in around this weird little turn. They park, they get out. In the background, if you look really hard and you know where to look, you can see the white rectangular object that is now my house. It's where I live. It's, you know, however, 25, 26 years later, but when I watch Starcade 1993, I can see what I think, because who knows what happens isn't, but I can see what I think is where I reside now, and it has a weird connection to me. <laughs> Which is funny, because Independence Arena is literally a stone's throw away from the Manning Cave. It's so true. <laughs> it's, it's basically my front yard. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if Vader showed up in my front yard today... <laughs> I, I would go all Ric Flair 1993 on him. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Welcome to 10 Bell Pod, where it is still Vader time here in the Manning Cave. And in case you're some kind of weird person who only listens to part twos of podcasts, <laughs> I'm Nick Alexander, joined as always by Micah Loving. Hey, blah, blah, blah. And pro wrestler, stand-up comic friend... Jake Manning. <laughs> I didn't get the friend thing. What the fuck was friend. that? <laughs> nice human being. And obviously, uh, playing off from part one, because uh, obviously most of you are jumping in and only listening to part two, because this is where I say all kinds of crazy stuff and give my closing arguments in a case against Leon White. Oh, God. We're uh, going to be called in court to recite what happened today. Don't worry. I'll have full notes on the entire <laughs> investigation. But like I said, uh, you probably didn't listen to part one. You only listen to part two, because this is where all the salacious material is. I, of course, am Jake Manning. So, and, yeah, I'm here. So we left part one of Vader with Vader as champion heading into 93 Starcade. Now, Vader was originally scheduled to face Sid Vicious as part of the Masters of the Powerbomb breaking up. However, on an overseas tour, Sid and Arn Anderson got in a wee bit of a scissors fight, so he would have to be replaced. I believe Sid. <laughs> Just want to put that out there. Get the fuck. <laughs> Out of my ever-loving house right now. Arn was so drunk, he didn't know what was going on. You shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> Vader saved Sid's life when he plugged his wound with his thumb. So let's move on with the story of Hero, Big uh, Van Vader. Who's the source on that? Did, did, did Sid confirm that story? or he did actually, old... No, did wait, he... wait, wait. And I quote, I don't know, maybe. <sighs> I don't know maybe was the fucking verdict of OJ. So it, it holds up. So they had their final replacement for Sid. And since Starcade was right behind us here in Charlotte, North Carolina, who better to toss into the main event than the nature boy, Ric Flair? Woo! What a better option. What a better story. It's a match that 
I'd love to see. Never have, because I have mixed emotions about both participants. <laughs> the only person I do care about in the entire mess is Harley Race. <laughs> and the ring announcer. And the ring announcer is. and the commentators. And that just uh, moved the needle enough for me. But the, the solace that I have that uh, one person is no longer uh, having a reign of tyranny over this world may open <laughs> me up to possibly watching this match in the future. Jesus Christ. Ric Flair complains about how stiff this match was, but Vader says he was purposely trying to rough up Flair to, to fire him up a little bit so that they put on a great match. The storyline's so good, you get to see a young Charlotte Flair, young David Reed Flair in their house. I mean... Kissing the kids goodbye. Yeah. I'm gonna die in the ring. Like, that's the storyline. It's, it's pretty emotional. This match is incredible. Uh, four and a half stars... Flair eventually wins when he chop block rolls up Vader. That I've never seen that before. I mean, it is kind of weird. At first, I thought it was awkward, but they kind of set up the whole leg thing. It worked. With a yeah, couple it spots works, when you but... think about it, and then like Flair hits it, and then he rolls up through it, and like it, it's awkward, but it's one of those like oh shit wins where you're like oh this is exciting and unexpected. He uh, probably did it with Blackjack Mulligan back in the seventies. <laughs> like Flair, like Flair, he's forgotten more than we'll ever know. But that's kind of a problem because sometimes he cycles back to the things he forgot. <laughs> and you're like, ah, this is a new thing I came up. Uh, nope, you did that one before. <laughs> but you're still like, it's good. Yeah. But... Which uh, old uh, punch drunk Jake Manning is a little guilty of that himself. So <laughs> I, I live in a glass house as well, not too far away from where this match took place. So. The thing about this match is that, you know, obviously Flair is one of the great hills in history, but there is just something about watching Ric Flair as a face wrestle in Charlotte, North Carolina. Woo! That is so epic. It was, the crowd was so good for this. Vader would get a rematch with Flair at Super Brawl 4 and a Thunder Cage match with The Boss as special guest referee to keep the law in order. As we know him as the Big Boss Man. Or the Guardian Angel. <laughs> Or Ray Trailer. Or Big Bubba oh, Rogers. Took it. <laughs> Shit. Or we we're done. There yeah, we're done. <laughs> this match, not as good as the Starcade match. A little clumsy of a match. Boss gets handcuffed to the cage. Harley breaks in and gets involved until Bossman breaks his handcuffs and nails Vader in the knee with a nightstick. Flair hits a figure four, and they kind of do like a screw job. Dude, uh, it's in my nose. I was like, oh, we talk about the Montreal screw job, but we don't talk about the Albany, Georgia screw job. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. As a result of Boss nailing Vader with his nightstick, they'd feud. Eventually, Vader would beat him with a Vader bomb and a moonsault at Spring Stampede. Picking things up again with Mick Foley, on March 16th, 1994, Katniss Jack would face Vader in Munich, Germany. And you know the saying, don't bring your ears to a Vader fight. Are you good on ear stuff? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> Eye stuff, I have a problem with ear stuff, I'm fine. Uh, you can fuck with my ears all you want. Matter of fact, that's, what I, tell, that's what I tell all my lovers to do is fuck with my ears <laughs> yeah, as man. much as possible. Stick blow on them. Slow and long. Uh, blow oh on them. Nibble on the little earlobe. Breathe on them. All that stuff. During this match, Foley's head gets it's twisted. It's the hangman up. spot. Yeah. So he was going for this. Okay. Yes, this yeah. is something he does on a regular basis. If particularly if if you're using like real ropes, if you get thrown in there, he can like turn it so he's getting hung. Like yeah. he did a lot in WWF. 
Somebody else used to do that. I want to say Killer Kowalski used to do that to people, or Ray Stevens used to do that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's somebody from the '70s that used to do that spot as well, and I'm drawing a blank on who that was. Two Cold Scorpio had a match before Cactus Jack, and when they were doing this, the the ropes were really loose, and as I'm sure Jake knows, that's really dangerous if the ropes are loose. If the roofs are loose, if the if the if the roof is very loose, then yeah, that's a concern. (laughs) That is, then you probably shouldn't be running that building in Munich, Germany. So, uh, Tuchold says if the ropes are really loose, that's dangerous. So Tuchold liked to you know run back and forth do a bunch of stuff. So he had them tighten the ropes Uh... right beforehand, and he was he planned to. He said he was going to tell them to re-loosen the ropes for the next match, but they didn't. So that's why when you look at it, it's so fucking tight yeah. on Foley. And I will tell you what those tight-ass ropes did to Foley. Upon doing the hangman spot, he got his head trapped in between these ropes. And as the ropes trapped his ears, they rubbed along the side of his head, partially tearing off one of his ears. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Uh, I got the breakdown on the time. If you want to look up the video on YouTube, 12.05 is when the hangman spot occurs. And then 12.54, Foley gets in the ring and he seems to throw a punch at Vader. And then Vader's, Vader claims he ripped the ear off. But punches it off. Yeah, yeah. You can just see this white object just uh, <laughs> whoop, fall right off and plop in the ring. It, what, what weirded me out is Foley lost his right ear. But when you're watching it, it... You swear to God, it's his left oh, ear. Yeah. Right? He loses his right ear. I think it's the angle. When Foley throws the punch, the quality on the video is not good. So I think it, it kind of shoots across the ring and plops. But yeah, you think it's his left ear, yeah, right? Yeah, right. But it's his right ear. Because if you look up all the footage, Foley doesn't have a right ear. So that weirded me out. And then uh, the referee, who only speaks French, runs over at 12.57. Three seconds later, grabs... Mick Foley's fucking ear runs to Gary Capetta, who is the ring announcer, and and, and according to Gary Capetta, is just screaming French at him. Here's your fucking ear, (laughs) wee wee. (laughs) He's oh, and then he got an ear. Foley finishes the match. Vader talks about like he beat it off of him. The only thing that uh, Vader does, he he gives one gut kick. And one clothesline that ends the match. Foley ends the match beating the shit out of Vader. It is it is something. Uh, apparently, uh, Gary Capetta had to take the ear back. He presented it to Ric Flair. He's like, I have Mick Foley's ear. And then Ric Flair's just like, you on drugs? And then, and then Gary repeats it. He finally looks at it. Ric Flair's just like, that's a fucking ear. And Gary Capetta's like, yeah, that's what I said. So apparently, what you're saying is, not to interrupt, Gary Capetta... Gave Ric Flair an earful. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the interruption. I'm sorry. But when that joke is right there and nobody and nobody's gonna make it in a room full of professional comedians, I I I had an anxiety attack and I'm better now. I'm better now. I'm better now. I it was bothering me and I was waiting for a moment and there I continue the story. I'm sorry. Apparently Sting shows up and goes whoa that's awesome and then everybody piles in like a fucking sitcom to look at the ear but uh two colds like i didn't do it i just because i had to tighten the ropes yeah. not my fault vader would be back 
in the ring with Sting for 94 Slambury. They'd face off for the vacant International World Heavyweight Championship. Very prestigious. So this is right after Rick Rude's career ending injury where he had to give the belt back to Sting. Now Sting wouldn't accept it because it was given to him. So technically he's the champ here, but also not. However, Sting would win and earned that big-ass gold belt at 94 Slambury. Sting would take that belt to Clash of Champions 27 and defend it against Flair in a unification match that Flair won. Flair would take the unified title to 94's Bash at the Beach, only to lose it to new arrival to WCW, Hulk Hogan. When it comes crashing down <laughs> in it. No, no, no. It, that's the WWF one. I don't care. The WCW one. Care. He's American, American. <laughs> Hogan had shown up in WCW with his whole train of lackeys. There's a lot of talk that Hogan never wanted to work with Vader because of how stiff he was. Uh, you know, enhancement talent has to just deal with it. Mid-cart guys just have to deal with it. Some main eventers will deal with it, but Hogan, not going to play that shit. So at uh, Fall Bra, Vader won a match against Guardian Angel and Sting in a triangle elimination match to determine the number one contender for Hogan's title. At Clash of Champions 29, Vader, who is the number one contender for the WCW Heavyweight title, beat Dustin Rhodes, which meant he got a shot at the U.S. title. Opening up Starcade 94, Vader faced Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Vader won the U.S. championship after Hacksaw runs into his own 2x4 that Harley was holding on the ring apron. I actually think this match is pretty good. Old school, kind of just two dudes beating the shit out of each other. In January 95, Vader lost his manager, Harley Race, because in real life, Race was involved in a car wreck that ended his pro wrestling career. By February, Vader would finally get a shot at the title and a feud with Hulk Hogan as they would meet at Super Brawl 5. Hogan had showed up real lean to WCW after the WWF steroid trial, but for this match with Vader, he is back on them prayers and vitamins. At Super Brawl, Vader kicks out of the leg drop at 1, but Hogan pays him back immediately because he straight up no sells or hoaxes up on Vader twice. Well, the fucked up thing was, this is their first pay-per-view match. This is the big build-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, we're finally doing Vader versus Hogan. And a month before in January, Clash of the Champions 30, Vader comes in after a match in just, like, street garb and does the Vader powerbomb, which is a monster killer thing. Hogan lays down for 10 to 15 seconds and then gets up and does the Hogan no-sell yeah. thing. And it's like, you're starting a feud... And you're making your monster look like a weak piece of shit. Not a fat piece of shit. But it's like, what are you doing? To defend Hulk. <laughs> is that where we are with this Vader right now? Right. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's slow your roll. Let's... Hey, you're preaching to the choir here. You want to defend Hogan. Let's do this. Let's, let's back up here on a couple of points talking about Hulk being lean. Well, part of the reason he's being lean because he's on a TV show. So obviously he's trying to have more. Thunder in Paradise? Thunder on Paradise. It's... He's trying to have more of an actor's look. I mean, big and bulky. He would just look fat if you know if he was on a television right. show compared to other people. So he wants to be leaner, so he wants to look jacked, but at the same time, too, not big and bulky. Like, you look at him on the A-Team episode, he just looked big and bulky. 
yeah, where yeah, obviously yeah. he's like, okay, I need to lean down if I'm going to be dealing with actors. So I, that's why he leaned down. Obviously, yeah, probably getting off the, the juice would help, but I don't know how far removed we are from him not being on the roids. As far as him not wanting to work old Leon, who the fuck does? But at the same time, too, if you know it's an inevitable thing, if you know there's money into it, which they got to and they yep. made money with it, he's like, all right, well, let's build to it. And that's why you're not getting it right away. And and to say that he's bringing all his cronies, yeah, he brought in Brutus of Barra Beefcake, but Vader was always going to be a main event guy, a main event player for Hulk to have a match with, then eventually team with, which is what eventually happens when we get close to the end of his tenure in WCW. So to say that Hulk doesn't want anything to do with Vader whatsoever, I I feel like is incorrect. He just wants to deal with Vader in his own appropriate time at his own speed and his own pace. And when you're Hulk Hogan and you've drawn as much money as he has, I think you have that right. And my name is Eric Bischoff, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) This has been 83 Weeks. How do you respond to just Hogan no selling the power bombs to start a feud? It's not great. I, I'm oh, yeah. sure I mean, it's not great. Uh, that'll that'll give you uh, that you know. I mean, I would guess he's obviously everyone knows Hulk Hogan of pro wrestling right. in the '80s and the '90s, 2000s. Now, maybe he's trying to get the Hulk thing over to the WCW crowd. Yeah, it's like, a different you know, audience. Yeah, I mean, he's trying too hard though. WCW Hulk 1994-1905 is him trying too hard. I mean, they put him in a three-decker cage match where he fights everybody to get himself. It was the most ridiculous Hulkamania, and if he didn't, if he didn't flip to NWO, it would have eventually ended his career. I mean, he's he is right now at, at the time we're discussing Hulk Hogan. He is right now in his LeBron James, L.A. Lakers phase of his career, where he's more focused on Hollywood than putting together a winning team, and he has all of these projects and these things going on, and he thinks he can just make anything work. He thinks he can make Lonzo Ball a good basketball player. And he feels like, you know, he could probably win with Kyle Kuzma. And, and then all of a sudden he's like, all right, let's, this isn't working. Let me get somebody else in and just Javon doing, McGee. just doing quick fixes <laughs> out of nowhere and not focus solely on the business of just playing basketball. You have so many more responsibilities because you've, you've put yourself in a position of power to having power. But sometimes when you put more responsibilities on yourself, you create more pressures for yourself. And now I'm back to being Jake Manning and talking <laughs> about my life. Because the advice you give is the advice you should take. So uh, as far as this match, it ends when Ric Flair hops in the ring and gets Vader DQ'd. But, you know, the way they ended the match, I thought both guys kind of walked away looking pretty strong. A rematch was signed, a strap match for the first ever uncensored March 19th, 1995. So during the build-up to this, Flair had kind of taken over the role of Vader's manager as Hogan and Vader built their feud over episodes of WCW Saturday Night. At Uncensored, Hogan brought the ultimate surprise with him, the Renegade, the version of the Ultimate Warrior your mom bought you because she said it's the same as the name brand. No one's going to notice, Nicholas. There is a uh, ripoff version of RoboCop. If you want to look up the pictures, I don't, I don't know if it's Mexico or French or whatever, but it, you look it up, it's Robert Cop. <laughs> 
Robert Cop Two. Bob it's Cop. It, it's 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 the best ripoff bullshit ever. Robert Cop. Robert Cop. Bob Cop. That's one of my friends call me Bob Cop, especially if you're nasty. As far as the uncensored match ends, when Hogan drags. Ric Flair to all four turnbuckles. Yeah. A special favorite moment is when Arn Anderson comes out tied up and gagged. And he's like, no, I was the, the mystery man. And then it reveals that it's savage. It's it's like one of those clusterfuck matches that WCW was like, this is just a... We, logic doesn't apply. Fuck it. This is just a mess. I could be wrong, but this is all the swervy build up to the masked man being Brutus, right? No, that had already happened. Oh, that had already. That already happened in '93. They were, st- but they were still doing mask gimmicks because they thought this was 1988. <laughs> <laughs> Shivani has a line where he's like, "Not another mask man," <laughs> and he refers to when Flair was the the black uh, black scorpion, black scorpion, and it's just like fuck. So Vader would get another rematch at Hogan and his title at Bash at the Beach, facing Hogan in a steel cage match. Uh, Dennis Rodman is there. It's not even the good Dennis Rodman from the Bulls. It's fucking San Antonio Spurs Dennis Rodman. I love you for pointing that out. (laughs) In the middle of the match, Hogan puts on Vader's helmet, and you know he was like, fuck it, I'm Hulk Hogan. I'm going to put on the goddamn helmet because it's really cool. And it's I'm so Hulk Hogan. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's just, if I were Hulk Hogan, I'd be like, eh, what is he going to do? How can I bury this dude to every angle of everything? Fuck that. Man's got Jake Manning going to put on that goddamn helmet. Yeah, it's, a, it's so cool. I would say this is a good bookmark for Hulkamania kind of being dead because Hulk does this big Hulk up spot and the crowd is just like, to be fair, we get it. You know, nine hundred thousand like, people are on a beach, yeah, yeah, and there's no enclosed, enclosed <laughs> sound. But like, it's like Road Wild, but dumber. Yeah, that's yeah. Though, it's like, it's not gonna yeah. It's not gonna translate as quite yeah. as well. Vader eventually gets trapped in the ropes. Hogan climbs out. He wins, and in this match, Vader injures his shoulder, which will come into play a little later in his story. After the match, Flair runs down. He's yelling at Vader for losing. There's a scuffle. Arn Anderson jumps in. And this is all setting up a handicap match and a face turn for Vader for Clash of the Champions 31. Oh, I don't remember all that going down like that on the Baywatch episode (laughs) that was centered around this pay-per-view where they took footage of this and Vader was involved in the Baywatch episode, which aired well after he was gone from WCW. I covered that episode on how did this get booked, and there is a screenshot that I captured where they had to do reshoots because they were able to take some of the pay-per-view footage, but they wanted some (laughs) close-ups, so they did some reshoots of this same exact match. Wow. And the reshoots, because it's in a cage match, you can see in the reshoots there is clear sky in the air and one piece of paneling of wow. cage wow. where like they didn't put up the cage all the way around in the yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. So there's a clear shot of a cage match where there's a clear hole and then it goes to a, a shot a wide shot from the pay-per-view it. where it had the cage. So that's on the How Did This Get Book Facebook page if you want to dig through there. Clash of Champions 31, Vader defeated Flair and Arn Anderson in a 2-1 handicap match. That, Vader beat 
Arn Anderson and Ric Flair, same time. We got to get him back over. You guys are complaining that fucking Hulk killed him. <laughs> fucking Arn and Flair got to save it. Is- yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's nuts. Not long after this, Vader would be fired from WCW after he was involved in a fight with Paul Orndorff. There's a million versions of this fight. I will give you three short ones really quick. And this is more or less the average of the rumors around this fight. Here's a side Vader gave in both shoot interviews. Vader was doing a photo shoot under Bischoff's orders, which made him late to a taping. Paul was an agent at the time. He got all snappy at Vader for being late. Paul is all in Vader's face. He apparently threatens him. So Vader slaps the fuck out of Paul. Vader then realizes he messed up. He lowers his arm. He lets Paul get some payback in on his face. They end up wrestling each other to the ground. They're separated by Ming because when Ming says stop, you say how high. Kevin Sullivan also kind of backed up that story on a shoot interview with Salmdu. Paul Orndorff's version is that he had just got done having threesome sex with Pamela Anderson and singer-songwriter Joel in their <laughs> primes, mind you, when Paul walks into the locker room to discover Vader undermining democracy by colluding with Russia. Never one for treason, Orndorff slaps Vader with his 37-inch stick, rendering him legally dead until paramedics arrive. Damn. Upon revival, Vader's first words upon this plane were that Paul should have clean-panned Hogan at WrestleMania 1, yeah. and then Vader promptly leaves WCW forever. I believe that one. Third version, Tony Schiavone. Paul's trying to get Vader to record his fucking promos, and he can't find them, possibly because Vader was late because of the photo shoot. Since that makes Paul's job harder, he's very mad. He's cussing Vader a little bit. Eventually, Tony Schiavone sees Vader walk up to Paul and shove him. And in return, Paul beats that ass. Those are the versions. The version I personally believe, since it's early 90s WCW, is that Sting one. <laughs> you're not going to believe Orndorff's version on that one? Because <laughs> I, I haven't heard that one, and I solidly believe that version. <laughs> It's one of the best mysteries of all. Did he have shower shoes on? What is or the did he not have yeah. shower what shoes? Is this did he have flip flops on? Or did he cares, have boots though? on? Well, if you get in a fight, if you kick, but the whole thing is he stomped his head and he kicked his head. Uh, I guess so. It's a the the whole thing is like so many people had the point was like if he would have had normal boots on, he would have killed him. Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, it's too like your footing's like weird. I get that. Yeah, and you, you can't know. really position for a good punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like no shoes and having shower shoes on yeah, two different yeah, things. Okay. Um, I also I want to give a shout out to Kevin Nash who said he was there and it was a crazy fight. Meanwhile, he was working in the WWF at the time. <laughs> so I just want to give a shout out for Nash for being two people at once and just you know being Nightcrawler from X Men. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I believe Tony's version more so than anybody else's. I've also heard Eric Bischoff's side of the story where there was no photo shoot. Vader just showed up late. I've also heard that part of the thing. Also, too, I have a couple nuggets <laughs> to this story that I don't I don't know if this is necessarily true or not, but it, it was documented because uh, supposedly George South and Italian uh, Stallion. Yeah, allegedly George South and Italian Stallion were there. And Bill After wanted their take on the whole Orndorff-Vader fight. So, obviously, right there, there's a lot of 
maybe not the most reliable sources, even though we just did a whole podcast where George was the entire source on something. <laughs> but these are just fun, little funny stories. If we're if we're gonna do the the Orndorff version, we might as well do the the George South version, where I guess there was a ruckus between Vader and Orndorff once they started yelling at each other. Uh, Jimmy Hart got scared and he ran and jumped in a broom closet. <laughs> and then before both, I assume he made a sound like. Yeah, pretty much. Ah, and then I don't know, like, maybe they're yelling at each other. I'm out of here. <laughs> and apparently it, it, it had been very heated argument back and forth. And all of a sudden, Flair just happened to walk in at that time. And everybody was like, oh, well, Flair, he's obviously going to stop this from happening. And Flair just walked right between them. He's like, excuse me, guys. And just walked on. <laughs> and then apparently Paul Orndorff beat the shit out of Vader. Vader went over to the catering area and where they had uh, like a big cooler of drinks, he just stuck his head right in there to put ice on his face to look like he didn't get into a fire. That's been corroborated. I don't remember whose shoot, but (laughs) that part has been corroborated. And then came up and made a big noise. And then the shower shoes thing is another thing that I've heard multiple times over. The one that I felt really dependable on was David Penzer who talked about because he owns up to it and was like, I didn't see it happen. I just saw them go into a different room. And his quote is, when Leon walked out of the room, it looks like his face exploded. <laughs> so he talks about, it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe it was just whatever. But he got one good punch and Vader's face fucking exploded. And I, I wanted to ask Jake, was there any ever weird backstage altercations that like has a legend about him in the indie world that there's like this perspective it's like a Rashomon thing where it's like there's all types of oh the fa- most famous one is the Teddy Hart one do you know the story I, I, well, I just know Teddy Hart has a lot of backstage I don't problems know what, what is it? Oh, I know is Teddy the, Hart has problems this <laughs> is incredible this is an incredible story I'm gonna I forget who told me this story could have been it actually could have been Steve Carino It'd make the most sense it would be him. But, so they had this big scramble cage match. And Teddy does this flip off the top of the cage. And the place just erupts. And, like, it was just this thing is the end of the match. And the place goes crazy. Match is over. And he gets kind of, like, fucked up because of it. And I guess he starts, like vomiting in the ring at some point in time and then also too he then climbs back up to the cop, top of the cage after it's all after the match is over and does the same moonsault he did before onto a bunch of guys but he does the same moonsault and then land on his feet and he, and he said it was a tribute to his uncle Owen because Owen would go on the top rope and then do a backflip but the thing is you just did a flip onto everybody in this death defying feet and then you climb to the top rope and then you showed everybody hey I can just jump on the top rope and land on my feet and do whatever <laughs> I want this is like after the show too right this, like, was, after he, like, this was after he did the spectacular yeah, move yeah, yeah. and can't remember if he vomited after that or before that but he definitely did vomit on the ring <laughs> And I think they might have had another. It, I don't think it was the end of the show. I think they had another match yet. Wow. And as the legend goes, CM Punk and Samoa Joe, who were the locker room leaders at that time, were like, where the fuck is his bag? They grabbed his bags and they threw it outside. And he's like, he is no longer welcomed in this locker room anymore. I think even Punk took Teddy's fur coat and took pictures with it, <laughs> which circulated online. Wow. 
Like it was like deep, like get this fucker out of here. <laughs> so that's the side of that I've heard. You know, Teddy was saying, I was just giving a tribute to my uncle Owen and that's why I did it. And I just felt the energy in the crowd. And that's why I did. they didn't have to do that. So that's pretty much Teddy's side. No matter how Vader and Paul's fight went down, Vader was suspended for six months as, as part of the suspension. Bischoff wanted Vader to give up six months of pay. Vader said no. They settled Vader's contract, and Leon left WCW. After getting fired, Vader took some time off. He did a uh, one-off in New Japan, facing and losing to Inoki January 4th of 96. Then Vader would begin his run in WWF, a run marred by bad luck, bad booking, bad timing, and an aging Vader's own laziness, bad attitude, nagging injuries, and eventually a brutal burial. Right away, Vader has a disagreement with Vince because Vince wants to repackage Vader as the Mastodon. Vader didn't want to, seeing as he has been crushing it as Vader since the second he pinned Inoki. They'd ultimately decide on on Mastodon as a nickname, but having a disagreement with Vince right up front, not good. Vader's such a name, like... Yeah, it, 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 you got to go with Vader, but I, I I get Vince's thing of of Mastodon. I mean, who else is going to? But he's ta- all about marketing. He wants to own the rights. And, yeah, 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 exactly. but also too, you need somebody to tag with Mantar. Come on, <laughs> Mantar Shit. isn't going to win the tag belts by I, I himself. It's true. Yeah. yeah, Mastodon, Mantar, get out of here. That would have been badass, like with no irony whatsoever. Vader also wanted to save his debut for after his shoulder surgery to repair the injury he got while wrestling Hogan in a steel cage, but they wanted to roll him out at the Royal Rumble. That uh, shoulder injury, he was attempting to do a shooting star press, but then backed out of it. Uh, Just think about Vader trying to do a shooting star press. I would have lost my fucking eyes. <laughs> yeah, it would be amazing. <laughs> Jake would have like golf clapped, been like, like man, still fucking. <laughs> no, I, I, I would have been impressed, but I would have been like, oh, you want that guy to stay there for that? <laughs> and Hogan was like, nah. Mm-hmm. And and you're gonna be like, oh, well, Hogan wasn't gonna stay there for Vader shooting star press. What a pussy Hulk! <laughs> Fuck you, you piece of shit, you non-working son of a bitch. You're not gonna stay down for Vader doing a shooting star press for the very first time, which ended up hurting his fucking self. <laughs> oh, Hogan, you fucking red and yellow bitch. Let's let's push that propaganda. Jesus. I feel like that was a closing argument thing. <laughs> So in the weeks leading up to the Royal Rumble, Vader's debut was highly hyped up. He went into the Royal Rumble at number 13. Vader eliminated Jake Roberts, Doug Gilbert, one of the squat team members, and Savio Vega. We talked about this during our Yoko episode. Even though he and Yokozuna were part of Camp Cornette, they would scuffle several times, and that eventually led to HBK pushing them both over the top rope as they were locked up. This would start a feud between Yoko and Vader. So the night after the Rumble, Vader made his Raw debut facing Savio Vega. Before the match, Jim Cornette gets on the mic. He calls everyone who has ever done a high spot gay. (laughs) And then he asks, what time is it? Because it's Vader time. That was good. (laughs) It's accurate. (laughs) Vader more or less squashes Savio. After the match, Vader gives Savio another Vader bomb. Then he attacks a ref. Then another ref. And this brings out WWF president Gorilla Monsoon. He suspends Vader for attacking the refs. So Vader attacks Gorilla Monsoon, which was unheard of at the time. He gives him a Vader bomb before 
HBK and Razor chases him to the back. Another rare occurrence of this, because like Nick said, it didn't happen much with Gorilla. Gorilla was assaulted by the Brooklyn Brawler <laughs> with a stool on an episode of Superstars. It involved an angle with Terry Taylor and Bobby Heenan. So, yeah, you know, Big Monster Vader and then the Brooklyn <laughs> Brawler. <laughs> So after building this big monster hill, he has to get pulled off TV to have shoulder surgery. He would come back at February's In Your House 6, where the newly turned face Yokozuna cuts a promo in perfect fucking English out of nowhere. <laughs> Yoko was facing British Bulldog, now back in WWF, and Yoko corners Cornette. Vader comes out to make the save. Vader and Bulldog gang up on Yoko. They punch him a lot. During the run-in, Vader re-injures his surgically repaired shoulder, further delaying his comeback. On April 8th, 96, on an episode of Raw, Vader would end his feud with Yokozuna when he kayfabe broke Yoko's leg. This is the big thing where Yoko's carried out on a forklift. It's a good image. Look it up. It's fun. In reality, Yoko's getting time off to lose weight as Vader would multiple times throughout his WWF run. By summer of 96, Vader had turned his attention to Shawn Michaels and the WWF heavyweight title. He'd lose a literal fuck ton of house show matches leading up to SummerSlam 96. SummerSlam 96, which I rented from Video Junction on VHS with Chat Lytle in fifth grade. Oh, that makes me really warm in the heart. I actually rushed home from earning my Order of the Arrow for Boy Scouts of America oh, wow. to watch this on pay-per-view. I skipped, like, I think a portion of the award ceremony just so I could go home and watch this wrestling pay-per-view. Oh, my God. My mom just rented old Royal Rumbles for me and left them for me in my room. And of course, SummerSlam 1996 historically was supposed to be the start of this really amazing Vader versus HBK feud, which was to set up for Vader winning the title at Survivor Series and then turn around in 1997 Royal Rumble in San Antonio, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. That's where Shawn Michaels would win the belt back. Now, of course, the SummerSlam match turned out far different, and Shawn Michaels' opinion of Vader is the same exact opinion that I have, which makes me a Shawn Michaels guy furthermore. Fuck all of this. So that's where I stand on the Montreal Screwjob. (laughs) Well, at SummerSlam, HBK and Vader have a super good four-star match. It's really good. Yeah, it's not bad. Espe- I love it. Yeah, yeah especially the spot good. where like Sean jumps down and just kicks Vader right in the face. Oh man, the the part where he just screams, "Move, move!" Yeah. Oh man, it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And see here, you know Vader, this big tough guy. Yeah. And everybody talked about Shawn Michaels. Like I remember Bill Watts making this statement, like, "Oh, Shawn Michaels, that's your heavyweight champion. He get beat up in a bar fight." Oh yeah, well you got this guy here, who's regarded as this huge tough guy. And Shawn Michaels is screaming this man down. And and Vader walking around thinking he's the biggest bully in the yard, running into a man who's ten times the bully that Vader could ever dream of. You think you're a prima donna? (laughs) Bitch! Bitch, I am 1996 Shawn Michaels. (laughs) I am fucking untouchable, and I am unfeelable because I'm on so many goddamn pills. (laughs) 
Vader wins the match by count out, but since Vader can't win the title that way, Cornette gets on the mic, heckles Sean back into the ring, which is some good-ass managing. Vader wins by DQ. Again, there's a restart, and eventually Vader misses a moonsault just to get hit by one of Sean's for the win. The the, the elbow drop, I think, is just Vader admits it. Like, on uh, shoots, he says, I just forgot to move. So it's just one forget, but it's on a pay-per-view. It's SummerSlam, which is arguably the second biggest pay-per-view. But, you know, here's the thing. Here's the difference between WWF and WCW. He could just be like, oops, sorry, I forgot on WCW, and people would just shrug their shoulders and move on. You go, oops, I forgot. Vince McMahon (laughs) will eviscerate your soul. And then, like, scoop it all up, eat it, and then regurgitate back into your your body and then tell you, go make me some more fucking money. (laughs) Like, that's just the difference between the two. Accountability to the utmost degree here at this point. And he's put in a main event spot and he fumbles like this so hard. And and that's just the, the difference between the two is that if this is in WCW, they're like, Oh, well, well, I guess it happened. It's WCW. It happens. He overreacts. He screams at him and kicks him. Like, that's fucking bullshit, too. Uh, he did in the moment. when. He, but the thing is, you keep in mind, Sean's he's dealt with knees before at this time. He's jumping off the rope, and you have this person not moving, and he's got to move in midair. Guess how I tore my ACL? I know. Somebody moving a different what, direction. What, and he's the, and he's the top, doing and, that help? Nothing. Make him feel feel better in the moment. Yeah, fuck that. That doesn't help anyone ever. You are doing something where you put your your life in somebody else's hands and your well-being and your health, and there's a lot of money and responsibility riding on you, and there's a lot of pressure, and somebody doesn't live to the end of the bargain, and you're already doing something physical already, and we don't know how stiff the blows were before. I mean, heck... Vader himself claimed that he was stiff on Ric Flair. You think he was any different for Shawn Michaels in 1996? So you have a guy that may have stiffed you earlier, and then he fucks up a spot. You're already heated. You're in the heat of the moment. You have an attitude and an ego. Do you want him stuff. to be? Do you want him to be like? That's just hey, man, excusing shit, though. Hey, but that's what happened. I know it is what happened, but it's just it's Shawn. I agree. Vader fucked up, but Shawn acted like a little kid. Do that in the locker room. Fucking yes. Thank you, Nick. Have Do Diesel it in the fucking in locker room. Head when it gets back there. But, God damn. So, since Vader and Sean's feud was scrapped, Vader would start working house shows with his old pal, Sid, and we'd finally get to see who the master of the powerbomb was at In Your House Buried Alive in a number one contenders match when Sid wins a knockdown, drag-out, three-fourths of one-star match after <laughs> choke-slamming Vader. Then Vader would start working with Undertaker leading up to 97's Royal Rumble. So at the Royal Rumble, Paul Barra, who had now turned on Undertaker, is all up in this match distracting Taker, allowing Vader to eventually hit a Vader bomb and get a win. Vader beat the Undertaker. That's Both Vader and Undertaker would go on to compete in the Royal Rumble match. Vader enters at number 28. He's eliminated by Stone Cold after he was eliminated behind the ref's back. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> he sneaks in, he clears out the ring, and Stone Cold Steve Austin wins his first Royal Rumble. 
It wasn't long after Royal Rumble that Sean gave up his WWF title on February 13th Raw because Sean lost his smile. Oh, oh Pagliacci, I'm so sad. Oh <laughs> that leads to Vader, Austin, Brett, and Undertaker having a match at February 16th in your house final four for the championship. This match is so good. It's fucking Holy nut. shit, I haven't watched this match and I watched it specifically for this podcast and holy fuck. This is a good damn crazy match. Vader goes all out. He gets he gets busted the hard way with a fucking Van Daminator from The Undertaker. Vader gets kicked in the dick and punched in the dick. <laughs> it's two separate dick assaults. <laughs> it, it's like he he goes all out. He hit, he goes for moonsaults. Like Vader goes all out in this fucking match. It's a great fucking match. Let's fast forward to April of 1997 when Vader and WWF went to Kuwait to fight for the Kuwait Cup. And it was a shitstorm. So Vader appeared on the television program Good Morning Kuwait along with The Undertaker, who at the time was WWF champion. During the interview, the host asked Taker and Vader if wrestling was fake. Undertaker, very calmly, was like, well, that's a great question. Uh, but to answer that question, we must first define reality. If you look at this pie chart I brought, and that, <laughs> in the meantime, Vader's like... <laughs> I love Undertaker forever because he makes the comments like, what an unoriginal yeah, question. Yeah, he really needles them back. And it just like the, the, the fact that where people are like, oh, is wrestling fake? It's fake. Knock, knock, knock. And it's just like Undertaker saying... What an unoriginal question, you bitch. It, yeah, it, it, like it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I love it, the way Undertaker handled it. Which I mean, was the, the instruction. Yeah. They, they knew this question was coming. They said, let Undertaker handle it. Taker handled it. And then old Leon <laughs> springs into action. So remember, this is live on TV in the fucking Middle East. Vader stands up, flips over the coffee table, grabs the host by a shirt, and goes, Does that fucking feel fake? Vader said he was told to do this by producers. David Hebner apparently vouches for that. But the talk show host wasn't in on this. He freaks out. He files charges. And I want to say the Kuwait government was more upset about Vader saying fuck on national TV. Yeah, apparently the cussing was a lot bigger deal. Since it was a religious holiday, the courts weren't open. Vader was stuck in Kuwait for two weeks under house arrest in his hotel. Eventually, Vader got to come home and was fined $166. If it only cost $166 to scream fuck on live TV, you book me for Ellen and also lend me $166. Coming back to America, he'd work with Taker Moore, Ken Shamrock, Flash Funk. He'd get in the middle of the America versus the Soviet-Canada feud. The Shamrock matches should be the first Shamrock match. Brutal as fuck, stiff as hell, well worth watching. Also, they did a match at Kawasaki Stadium. Also, brutal. I think they hurt themselves in that uh, match. Yeah, yeah. Power bomb that Vader hits Ken Shamrock on in that ring. It's a splat and it's it's brutal. Vader gives him one more power slam. Ken Shamrock starts coughing up blood. I mean, they do. It, it's a shoot work, but it's they work hard and it's it's nasty. Yeah. So from here, Vader's WWF career would start melting away. Vader would hop into a feud with the artist formerly known as Goat Dust, dealing with all the goofy shit that involved. That ended in a match at the 98 Royal Rumble, and a match that Vader won, and it has that great spot with Luna 
where she climbs up on top of Vader's back <laughs> and rides along for the Vader bomb. It's so good. Yep, and we talk all about it in our Luna Vachon episode, which you should definitely check out. So Vader then began feuding with Kane, and they would professional wrestle at In Your House, No Way Out of Texas. This is during Kane's big first monster push. He had just taken out The Undertaker. Vader lost to the tombstone, and then Kane hits Vader with a giant wrench. That was weird to read. It was that weird was... to see, too. <laughs> Vader getting hit with a wrench would take him off TV. In reality, they're really pushing Vader to get out of here, go lose some weight. A little over two months later, Vader and Kane had a rematch at In Your House 20 over the edge in a mask versus mask match, which is so <laughs> stupid seeing as Vader took off his mask all the time. Vader loses, and after the match, cuts one hell of a promo. I, I'm so big. I made the biggest mistake of my life. Maybe Vader time is over. I'm a piece of shit. I'm a big, fat piece of shit. I'm a big, fat piece of shit, and I do nothing but take and take and take and take from this wonderful business that has given me so much opportunity and given my family and me a way of life and a reason to live, and I'm just a big, fat piece of shit that keeps taking. No, no, no. All right. No, 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 no. Uh, I think that was accurate. (laughs) If you'll look at the transcript, Michael Cole. I also I want to squeeze this since we're wrapping up the whole Vader and WWF thing. I should share a story to kind of build off of. I remember like a conversation with my mother talking about how she thought how stupid wrestling was. And she used to tell me like, you know, these guys, like some of them, I just don't believe them. Like being real athletes or you could kick anybody's ass. And this is like time of the big men. She's like, they're just all dumb. Like, I don't, I don't buy any of those tough guys. I don't want to watch any of these guys. And she was pointing right at Vader. She goes, is that guy right there? He just looks like my dad with a mask on and spandex. Like, I don't buy any of that. And then I'm like, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, why you got to ruin this, mom? Why you got to ruin this? And then the, the next match on WWF Superstars or Action Zone, whatever I was watching, another wrestler comes out and my mom goes, now, see, this guy right here, this guy looks like an athlete. This guy's a star. I would love to see more of this guy. You want to know who that guy was? Who? Oh. The ringmaster, yeah. Steve Austin, not Stone Cold at that time. It was the ringmaster. She saw that way before everybody else and knew right away that Vader was a piece of shit. So, <laughs> so after contemplating retirement, Vader would ask for his release from WWF so he could go back to Japan. On the way out of the door, he helped out a very green Mark Henry. His last pay-per-view, In Your House 24, where he lost to Bradshaw. His last TV match, losing a match to Edge on Sunday Night Heat. In WWF, Vader never held a title. After leaving WWF, Vader went to All Japan. He formed a team with his old pal, Stan Hansen. If you want to see some old Vader shit where he still kicks ass and he works the strong style King's Road shit, Vader kicked ass with Masawa, Kawada, Kabashi. It's it's brutal, good all Japan stuff. And he does the moonsault, takes brutal spots. I mean, it, it, it's beautiful. Vader would work all Japan until spring of 2000 when he jumped over to pro wrestling Noah. There he did a lot of tag matches. He was older, his knees were going, so you know he wasn't going to get this big massive singles run. But he did win the GHC Tag Team Championship with Too Cold Scorpio. And Too Cold was still on his game at that time too. Oh, he was definitely like, carrying. Too Cold never got old. Yeah. <laughs> 
Vader worked in Noah until 2003. After that, Vader would bounce around Japan. He'd do a tiny bit for TNA. He'd work some indies. On June 11th, 2012, Vader showed up on an episode of Raw and beat Heath Slater. And it's honestly kind of awesome. The crowd is like super into it. They chant it, you still got it. And in 2012, you know, Vader's getting a win in WWE. The big thing at the end of this, they announced that Vader time is the number one trending Twitter topic going right now. So, I mean, goddamn, 2012, Vader's still killing it. Oh, and I'm probably sure he told everybody, like, I was talking to Vince. He's probably going to sign for that. <laughs> Vader would be part of the thousandth episode of Raw, where he was part of this old school group of guys uh, preventing Heath Slater from running away from his match against Lita. In spring of 2014, Vader would face co-host of How Did This Get Booked? Zane Riley. I will save my comments on that for my closing arguments. I have a 2012 comment. From the Wrestling Observer in 2012, this was an incident at a wrestling convention in the Northeast today, 10-13-2012. Not sure what led to it, but Harley Race, age 69, punched Vader in the face. The reports were that Vader was being belligerent. Vader went to hit Race, who needs a motorized cart to get around. One of the sponsors got in between them and Vader accidentally hit him and hurt him. Race and Vader ended up in the hallway discussing whatever their problem was. End shitty quote. (laughs) They're probably discussing the obvious work you just got worked on, (laughs) you fucking marks. Well, what wasn't a work is when Vader got in a fight at RussellCon. I was there. I'm trying to remember who punched who. It was like between him and Heidenreich. He punched a security guard. Well, he punched a security guard, but the fight started with, I think, Alabama Doink was involved somehow because anything awful at RussellCon involves Alabama Doink. And then Heidenreich got mad and was yelling at Vader, and then they got heated, and then a security guard came over, and then Vader punched a security guard. And then, of course, he fled the scene, and I think there was even, like, an arrest. Slowly fled the scene. Yes. But I believe that that I got most of those details right. But I remember it was a security guard that had a physical altercation with Vader, allegedly. Speaking of conventions and Vader fucking belligerent, he (laughs) accosted a fan who wanted to talk about him being on Boy Meets World. Oh, he is somebody who's like, I really liked on that show and stuff like that. And he like, just like accosted him because they weren't buying shit at his table. Please. Some fan wanted to just talk to him like how much I like that. And he goes, you can buy something or not. I Jesus. tried to paint him in a good picture and then I. Oh, I'm not even, I'm not even at the next page. In uh, April 2016, Vader was at the 2016 Hall of Fame ceremony to induct Stan Hansen. And he even puts on a pair of joke glasses that have the little dangly eyes. I thought it was funny. In May 2016, Will Ospreay and Ricochet have one of the most amazing matches I've ever seen, which led to Vader getting on Twitter and pissing his pants about it. But what about the story? What about the story? There's no story. This led to Vader and Ospreay feuding on Twitter because we're in the motherfucking future. And not to murder kayfabe here, but Vader didn't really care. He emailed Will. They set up a match together. Vader also super puts over Osprey in his shoot video. The match took place August 12th, 2016. 
Vader defeated Will fucking Offspring in 2016. But it is a fun, good, crazy, just bananas match on the highest spot network who do not sponsor us. The the crowd Wh- screams, fuck you, Vader. Yeah, so good. Yeah, but if you also go on the High Spots Wrestling Network, who does not sponsor us, you will see the Hitting the High Spots interview with Will Ospreay, which gives the entire detailed backstory of this entire match. And, yeah, if you watch the match and then you watch the interview or vice versa, you will appreciate Will Ospreay more for just not being blinded by rage. Yeah. By the actions and behavior of Vader. I recommend you do what I did. I watched Will Offspray be super angry at this shoot about this match, then watched the match and saw all the spots he was so pissed off about, and it made it so much better. Give it up to Osprey for one of the best one-man choke slams through a table in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah, and he, he got heated in the middle of a match and yelled at Vader, but, you know, he's a saint and Shawn Michaels a... <laughs> A monster. I'm in lawyer mode right now. Fake equivalents. Then things start getting rough for Big Van Vader. Later in 2016, after running several tests on his heart, doctors told Vader he had two years to live. To make matters worse, in November 2016, Vader took a curve too sharp, rolled his car twice, which beat up his face, knocked him unconscious, and really should have killed him. Living through what should have been a fatal car wreck on top of his heart news, it gave Vader some motivation to make some changes. DDP reached out to Vader and tried to help him with his diet and his fitness. Vader would work his last ever wrestling match at WrestleJam 5, May 25th, 2017 in Georgia, where Vader defeated the Iron Man. In May 18th, Vader had even more heart problems. He had some heart surgery. And on June 18th, 2018, after a month-long hospitalization with pneumonia piled up on top of everything else, Leon White passed away at the age of 63. So, Micah, final thoughts on the the man they call Vader. Alright. He really is one of the best big man of all time. He knew how to milk drama. He knew how to sell when he needed to. He wasn't just like this stone-faced fucking you-can't-hurt-me he really delivered the great matches. Um, when he was killing jobbers, he wouldn't pin them. He would destroy them and then make the referee do the 10 count. I know I haven't seen that before. I haven't seen it since. One thing we didn't get to catch on, uh, I think it was 91. Him and Great Muda had a Metzler five-star match. But, I mean, it's a good damn match. I, I The crowd is... Like, I forgot how over Muda was. Muda was over his shit. I mean, they put on a show. To me, Vader is what people who don't watch wrestling think wrestlers are. <laughs> like, like he's built like Shrek. He's wearing a mask. He's screaming. He's scary. He's spitting and growling. It's, it's awesome. For all the talk of him being a bully or stiff or, you know, Vader would sell for people. He put guys over. He would do that for guys who were smaller than him, which, you know, wasn't really a thing back in the day. He was dynamic for a big man. He was progressive for the sport. Just him doing a moonsault was a game changer. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did in wrestling. And proof of that, he's not in the Hall of Fame. And I think that sucks for Vader because I think it would have meant a lot to him. You know, I guess coming from a team sports background, you know, accomplishments and trophies and belts, 
whether all that would have been real or kayfabe and wrestling, I think it would have meant a lot to him. And the Hall of Fame is incomplete without Big Van Vader in it. So that's this episode of Tim Bell Pod. If you enjoyed this, episode, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Hit the button. Jake, uh, Jake controls the button, but we can hit the button. Oh no, no, no. you you can hit the button. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, Jake. Closing. No, no, arguments. no. We'll finish it. Vader's stupid. He's dumb. We're done, right? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. That would just be name calling, and that most certainly would not encapsulate exactly why I feel the way I feel about Vader. Now, this is this is a, a, a tricky thing because obviously we are doing a podcast about a man who's passed on. And I've said a lot of inflammatory things over the course of two podcasts. But let's be honest. The man had a good career. He reached a level of fame and success financially and achieved multiple things that I think he might have been proud of. I don't know. He came off as a very bitter individual and disgruntled. I don't know if he was proud of anything that he did, but if he was proud, he achieved those things. And for the only consequence of all of his actions being a nobody like Jake Manning talking shit about him on a podcast, if you ask me, he's got off easy in life because I... Here's my experiences, and I, and and I, and I wrote them all down in in varying timelines, so it could be all over the place. But I think I have a place where I'm going to land at the end. When I first got came into contact with the man they call Vader was when we were working on the Wrestle Reunion conventions, and we needed a big star to come in, and obviously Vader hadn't done the convention circuit, and he was willing to come in. He was willing to wrestle. We laid everything out like, hey, you're going to wrestle. Uh, we're going to tape this and have a DVD release of the show. We need autographs and we're going to sign the, the autographs on, on the back end. and all that. Everything was laid out very clearly what we were going to do. And we are going to use him as a part of the advertisement. We were going to distribute footage of him wrestling. We were going to have him sign pieces of uh, memorabilia and then sign them later. And he's like, great, wonderful. And we gave him like three dates in a row. So it was a large amount of money for somebody who hadn't been around wrestling all that much for him to get that much lump right away. Great. And he was fine. He was a sweetheart. But as soon as that agreement came to an end, he threatened to sue us for using his likeness. Wow. Like on autograph pieces that he physically saw. I'm like, you can't sell that. And then the, the, we, the events we filmed, he goes, you shouldn't have done that. And then, like, went through other stuff that licensed merchandise that we purchased through WWE, like the classic figures, saying we couldn't sell that. Right. Anything just because you didn't sell it in the time frame. No, nope. he. No, we bought it from a, a vendor, as in the the toy distributor. He's like, you can't sell anything with my likeness on it. Threatened to sue. Oh. And then on those, he wrestled two guys from South Carolina. I will leave them nameless because I feel like their impressions of Vader are different. They, I think they feel like, oh, Vader was cool to us. No, no, no. Vader hit one of them over the head with a shovel. Jesus. Beat the fuck out of them. And when Vader would do these matches, we were trying to recreate like the roadkill thing. Right, and right, actually, right. Two, the first two guys that he took on were Eric Royal, a very good North Carolina wrestler, and Hangman Page. Now, Hangman is not going to say anything bad about Vader because Hangman is too nice of an individual. Right. But he just came in and beat him up and it was fine and we just need to be a spot but also too putting the one minute piece of what vader was going to do to these guys 
was extremely difficult. If you listen to the Will Ospreay interview, nailed it. (laughs) I remember Adam Page talking about and Eric talking about how them going over their eight-minute match that they had was easier than putting together the 30-second thing that Vader was going to do to them. And then Vader forgot most of it and just hit him, however, and didn't really care. And that's fine, whatever. Whatever is whatever. And also he was super late for the spot. And those guys were just kind of stuck out there. And he was just, he didn't care. He seemed disinterested in being there, whatever. And then also, too, the two South Carolina guys, they got they got beat up pretty bad. And then Vader, like, he was nice to him afterwards and then was saying, oh, I'm going to take you guys to Japan. I know he was just kind of, like, bullshitting them and that's kind of fine, whatever. And that, But he knew. And that's playing with people's emotions. And I don't particularly like that when you're messing around with a dream that people would have and you're just playing around and bullshitting around. That's fucking wrong. And then also on those series of shows, he was going to wrestle Necro Butcher. Like, that's a great dream match. Necro Butcher versus Vader. And I was actually the guy that got him together and told him like, Hey guys, this is what we got idea for the match. You guys are both big guys go back and forth, you know, kind of just brawl it out. And, you know, obviously Vader's got to go up and, and just, but we need both of you guys to look good. Necro butcher came back to me and said that Vader was just ixing every piece of offense that he suggested. And Necro butcher just being a nice guy, just went with the flow and was like, whatever. And basically, a match so you could have seen these big bulls going back and just brawling, kick punch, and go back. You know what happened? Vader squashed Necro Butcher. Fuck. Just fucking killed him. I don't know if Necro Butcher even got a clothesline. He didn't get any piece of offense whatsoever. Didn't do anything. No punch, no nothing. Just jobbed out Necro Butcher. And, and it goes back to the thing that Will Ospreay said in his interview. He was like, dude, you're 61 years old. What is you going over do for you? You could make a star and you could give back, but no, you decide not to because people gave back to you. Stan Hansen gave to you. Antonio Noki gave to you. All these people down the line gave to you. And here's your opportunity to give back. And you're like, no, nah, fuck you. I saw him do it to Tony Nese. Tony Nese is an unbelievable wrestler performer. And I thank God he's getting the due that he deserves right now with the 205 live stuff right now. But I remember when he wrestled Vader, the only thing Vader would allow him to get was a kick to the stomach. And Tony East was like probably the, the hottest indie wrestler that was unsigned at the time. And all you're going to give him is a kick to the stomach. You know, when you mentioned your final thoughts that Vader sold and he was progressive with smaller guys, that's not the fucking guy I met. He fucking just shit on this fucking guy who, if you know Tony East, looks like a million fucking bucks. All you gotta do is take a fucking cross body from this guy. Fucking take a drop kick. We fucking refuse to bump for him. Only The only thing he sold was a kick to the fucking stomach. And it fucking sickened me when Vader passed on that I saw all these people like, I oh, got to be in the ring with Vader and it was such a good thing. I'm like, dude, he treated you like shit. That's fucking disrespectful. And then we go back to Zane. We mentioned him earlier. You know, I love Zane. Zane is a friend of mine. But Zane has a funny thing about reveling and people big dogging him. And he knew that Vader was going to big dog him and treat him like shit. And he reveled it much in the same sense. One of the funniest things that's ever happened in Zane's life is he got a bounce check from ICP. From working, <laughs> the, 
And so much, in fact, that he went back the next year to the Gathering of the Juggalos and asked them to sign, <laughs> autograph the bounce check. He still has it, probably. Right? Yeah, he still has it. Yeah. He thinks that's the funniest shit ever. He thinks when people treat him like shit, he thinks it's hilarious, especially when he knows it's coming. And he knew it was coming was Vader. Because you know what Vader had him do? He beat the shit out of him, didn't give him a, a lick of fucking offense. And then he fucking made him put Icy Hot on his back and made him carry his fucking bags to the car. That's what you did to my fucking friend, you piece of shit. You treated him as less than. And then, you know, we, we, we go back to the Joe Thurman thing. Like, oh, we think that's an isolated incident, perfect storm. I, I, I've got, like, multiple jobbers. One of them that came up was uh, Tommy Angel got knocked on, like, knocked out in the middle of a match in WCW. And Vader's excuse was, I'm sorry, I just got back from Japan. I'm just a little stiff. You know, and WCW just shrugged their shoulders at shit like that. If you pulled that shit at WWF... And Adrian would be screaming at you. Another another aspect, and, and I, I don't want to be too salacious with this, and I'm going to say this very, very carefully, because I don't want to put out any allegations that, that are not true. But I, I, I don't think the way that he talked to women was necessarily, I, I wouldn't say in a threatening tone. I, don't, I wouldn't consider it harassment by any stretch of the imagination. But I know of several women who were female wrestlers, not like fans, but like wrestlers. But I'm talking about women that wanted an opportunity to prove themselves as a performer in a male-dominated industry in very tough times and just wanted to share a locker room and not be harassed. And I'm not saying what he did was harassment, but there were offers put out there. Yes, in a respectful manner, but at the same time too, is more of a situation of, why don't you come up, hang out with me? Oh, you don't want to? Fuck you then. That's not really harassment. That's putting out an offer and seeing somebody as being less than just and just be, and being his plaything. And I think that's a perfect example of how he viewed people. He viewed people as playthings for him. He viewed people as fodder to get his character more over. And he was only nice to people who could get him ahead as in career. He was disgruntled, he was bitter, and he took more than he ever, ever gave back. And once again, I'm just a nobody saying bad things to him on a podcast, and that is probably the worst thing that will probably ever happen to him, and that's nothing. That's literally nothing. These are just my words, these are my opinions, and my opinions alone. It's just, I saw you treat my friends and people I love and respect with shit. I the things that you had said to, to people who I loved and cared about very deeply and treated them like playthings, pieces of meat. That's how you treated people. And I will not let the sun go down anymore without letting people know that. And if you want to see him as a performer, by all means, I understand. I get it. You do not see the things that I see. I saw things with Ric Flair that makes it very hard for me to watch his promos. I still can't watch Ric Flair promos, Ric Flair matches. It's very tough for me because of the things that I saw personally with him. And after seeing the things that I've seen with Vader, it, it makes me sick to my stomach. And I feel ugly for sharing them. But when I saw him pass away, the overmount of love, like, oh, he was such a good guy in this. No, 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 no. We need to know the truth. The bad parts of people should be dealt with and the good parts should be dealt with people. And 
I know I've done some bad things in my life and I'll, I'll probably pay for them. And I want people to say all of the bad stuff when I die and all the good stuff. And hopefully there's more good stuff than bad. That's all I'm asking in this situation. But seeing people who experience the bad stuff glaze over the bad stuff, that's not right either. And people feel funny about saying stuff about people when they're dead. But what I always say is Vader had an entire life. As a matter of fact, he had two years where he knew he was going to die. He had definitely had two years where he knew that time was up, that he could have made a difference and he could have changed, and he did not. He had his whole life to defend himself, and he did not. And that that is my point with all of that. So I'm going to say is if, you, if you're a bad person, you got to use the rest of your life to defend yourself. And that's kind of what I've done with my life and all the bad things that I've done that I'm hoping that the rest of my life will defend my bad actions so I don't end up like fucking Vader. Especially with the theme of this podcast, we're going to say some bad things about arguably bad people. If you don't want those things said, live a life that doesn't allow it, you know? You, You have your whole life to defend all of your bad actions. My argument against that is always people cried when Hitler died. They were genuinely fucking sad. Not comparing Vader or any wrestler to him, but that is Vader. The good, the bad, the ugly, both sides. Head over to Patreon where you can support this podcast because we're pregnant and you know it's yours. Patreon.com slash Tim Bell Pod. We are Tim Bell Pod on all the social medias. Find us at timbellpot.com. Shout out to Six Squirrel Studios. You can send all your motherfucking hate mail to Jake at Manscout Manning on social media. Micah is jtrotter27 on Twitter. I am Nicolessa on all the social medias. This is... Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Nick from Timbo Pot. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want to support our podcast, head over to patreon.com slash Pod. Please.